Dude, this is so nerdy it hurts. So, I had follow-up. You do? Yeah, good, okay. No, I don't anymore. Uh. I'm over it. <laughs> I think the only thing I wanted to mention is um, that the uh, the last time we recorded, we mentioned Tiago Forte. And since then, um, it's one of those... What's that bias when uh, when you see something and then you see it everywhere? Confirmation confirma- bias? I think it's I think it's confirmation bias. Maybe. I need to check. Sorry. Uh, it's frequency illusion or Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. The frequency illusion is that once something has been noticed, then every instance of that thing is noticed, leaving to the belief it has a high frequency of occurrence, a form of selection bias. Yes, that's the other one that was actually thinking of selection bias, for, but frequency illusion is the one that's the happening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, I don't know. Is it a subset? Or sub- yeah, it's a subset. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tiago Forte popped up everywhere on my radar and he was a way bigger deal than i thought he was ah. <laughs> yeah so um he he's been around for a while and the reason i found out about him is actually through digging some of the rome stuff oh. um, which we can get into later but there's a bit of a tiff between uh connor the creator of rome and uh and tiago forte oh yeah like a little bit of a rivalry going on on the twitters oh no <laughs> it was fun to have uh to have some popcorn in them <laughs> <laughs> i don't i completely missed that what were they arguing about basically that tiago forte built this entire course and he's got this um training program and everything that you can subscribe for you pay for it you do his training program and he teaches you how to be productive and he basically has this philosophy of the tool doesn't matter Ah, okay so you set up systems and you use existing tools and then he has some recommendations like evernote and notion and 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 so you'll recommend tools yeah um and ways of working with all of these tools um and then kind of help you find the one that fits with you because no one tool works really with for everyone but um <laughs> connor is of of the belief that um that was true two years ago but now rome is here <laughs> <laughs> well and it's the one tool <laughs> to rule them all <laughs> sure fine okay <laughs> um yeah so i don't know it might be some uh might be a grandiose claim. <laughs> yeah. It is an amazing tool. It is good. But basically it just says, Connor, I guess I'm, I'm oversimplifying his argument. Yeah, him. that's very fair. His argument is that um, most of the tools that we have today were built from the ground up uh, for a hierarchical system. Hmm. And he argues that no one's brains works like that. Our brains work um, in a network, in a graph, not not in a hierarchical system or a tag system which was an attempt at solving the problem but it's it's not the it's not a solution it becomes a problem in its own um, after a while yeah okay i can see that um so it was a it was a very interesting conversation to follow <laughs> i uh, i think i've got a link to a video of them t- uh, talking about it um, in, in a little bit of detail like an interview that tiago had with connor oh cool okay we'll put that in the link stuff yeah i'll go dig out that that link it's in my room <laughs> everything in rome is always like two maybe three clicks away <laughs> yeah yeah okay we yeah we, we definitely have to get into rome mm. um do you want to try and explain it for people who don't know? Oh. You're the, you're the expert already. No, no, not not even. <laughs> um, I'm. I feel like I'm every day. I'm just scratching a little bit more at the surface. There's just um. Well, uh, backstory. I think 
I was the one who discovered it somehow on some Twitter thing. And I mentioned it to you during the recording of what must have been episode 14? I think it was 14, yes. Yeah. So then you checked it out. And in 15, you mentioned that it's... It might be close to what you were looking for. It, it's not everything you're looking for, but it is on the right track. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I've also only dabbled in it. And I think now both of us have used it at least for a, a good amount of time. So we've got a, a better opinion. Um, it's basically, if you strip it down, it is a text entry place, right? It's it's like OneNote or Coda that we use slash used quite a bit or Evernote or whatever you have, except that there's no structure defined in it. Everything is defined by a link to anything else. And based on the links, you get a really powerful graph that shows connections between things that weren't very obvious at the start. Yeah, I think that that's a good explanation. I think um, the only thing to add is I think the the tagline that they um, have for the tool itself is actually very, very descriptive. descriptive. Um, it's just a tool for networked thought. Yeah, there you go. That is basically what it is. It's a way of linking thoughts together in a semi-structured manner. I say semi because... It's up to you, really. It's up to you how structured you, you want it. Like, as an example, initially, when I started structuring my how I want to enter stuff, I was way, way too structured. Um, I used the attributes very heavily. So for each... So you know what I'm... Talking about when I say attributes. Yeah, so... It's when you type a word and then yeah. double colon. Oh, double colon? I don't know what double colon is. What? Yeah, so if you go type a word and you go double colon, it actually creates a page like it would for a link page, ah. but it automatically bolds that word and anything that follows that is linked to that page. Oh, I see. Okay. That's cool. I didn't even use that yet. So I used that very heavily in the beginning. Um, for instance, on if I added a book, I would have author, uh, maybe um, status, so reading or read. And what else did I have? Source, uh, like if I have a link to Amazon page or a link to a PDF or whatever. Um, so I did the same for articles, podcasts, videos. I would create the page and then I'll have these set attributes that I add. Um, and I used I used the actual attributes in the beginning, but then I realized it absolutely clutters up my graph. <laughs> that was the issue I was having as well. So when I when I just started entering data, I'm like, okay, I want to I want to get these things linking to each other somehow. And I basically came up with a system. Let me see if I got a decent example. Um, so most of my stuff I entered were projects that I'm working on or mm -hmm. things that I need to maintain. So on every page, I have something is a part of projects, if it is a project. Um, and then it has is a subset of or is a child of. Okay. That's the other one I seem to be using a lot. So projects is a subset of hobbies. And let's go to hobbies. Hobbies is, oh, hobbies is a part of projects. So they circle link to each other because having a hobby <laughs> is a project. It's my hobby project. <laughs> it sounds really confusing, but you click on graph overview yeah. and it looks great. It looks amazing. Yeah, it's interesting that you defaulted to that because that's, uh, it's also how graphs work, right? It's, you're describing the relationship with the keyword. That's, that is what a graph is. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, my first go-to. Right now I'm, I'm a bit more intentional about what I link together. Um, so wait, 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 wait. 
you you went down the rabbit hole you you're committing to it you're all in even with the looming 30 dollar a month price tag coming in maybe possibly i did fill in the survey and very strongly put in i won't pay 30 dollars a month that's never gonna happen yeah this I, I did the same especially for me being in south africa the dollar the rand dollar exchange is just insane yeah. um that price tag will convince me to pay for coda <laughs> <laughs> um and i mean to be honest you can get you can do the same thing in coda right because coda technically you can rename a page and it's also bi-directional um yeah I, I don't use any linking in Coda. Same. It's not, it's not something that's part of my workflow there. But because of the innate structure of it, it's sort of fine. I don't need to link stuff. They live where they should mostly. The thing is I, with Coda is I know that if I copied everything that I had in Rome now into Coda, it's going to slow down to a crawl. It won't be usable. Where um, even though Rome has a little bit of a load time, it's super fast once it's loaded because I'm assuming it loads everything into local um, local storage or something or some local DB. Yeah, yeah, it's really quick. Right now, the reason I'm still the only reason I'm still using Rome is because I can back up my entire Rome database as Markdown files. All right. Yeah. As well as their JSON format, um, and I make a I do it manually right now, but I make a backup every day okay so i can switch to another tool i have a f- i found a few other options since it's strange how there was nothing and then there was nothing and now i find things that have been around for many many years yeah and i've been looking dude you know yeah. i've been looking yeah, into mean, this personal knowledge stuff you're you're the guy who knows about these kind of things that's that's like your hobby for years I am not kidding you. Years I've been yeah, looking into I, this stuff. I fully believe you on that. I mean, I found all of the ones that are super obvious, like Tidly Wiki and, you know, all of those ones. And none of them really worked for me. Yeah. And basically what Rome is, is what I've wanted to build ah, for so long. Okay. I just never knew that the core concept that I needed was bi-directional links. Okay. That is what some that is that is the simple That is the key. Okay. That is the key. That is the missing puzzle piece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I'm taking it back to my puzzle pieces. Yeah. Um that was the missing puzzle piece for me. It's just I didn't know that the center of it was I always knew it's not a propriety lockdown format. Yeah. It's static files yeah it's actual image files it's markdown files or physical files in a format that will be around for many many years yeah and i knew on top of that i need to put a graph i just never thought of that the way that graph works on top of it is bi-directional links between words yeah so now that i know that i mean i could just build my own because (laughs) the core concept's not that difficult actually to implement yeah we were we were chatting about it on slack the other day and i I think both of us came to the same conclusion it's like the thing i need it for is not that difficult to build there's a lot of other stuff they do that i really don't care for you probably use a lot more of their features but i think even those to be honest I use just the text and the bi-directional links, and I only recently now started using query. Ah, okay. And that was just because I 
created a shortcut to um, my, because you know if you if you create a to-do, so if you go control enter, you turn the line into a, a checkbox to-do item. Oh, yeah. So that to-do inside the curly braces is actually a, a page. Oh, okay. So if you go to, in your search and you type to-do, there's a page with all of your to-do, which is then linked references. Oh. So it's got all of your to-dos, right, that you haven't checked off. Uh, same goes for done. But now if you star that page or favorite that page and you open that page in your sidebar, oh, yeah. it doesn't show the linked references. So you just have a blank to-do. So what I created is a tasks page, which just has a query for to-do. And I filter out a few things that I don't want to see. Um, and then that tasks page, that I can shift click and it can open in my side pane, in the right side pane. And that then shows the tasks because it's a, it's a query. And I mean, that's not my task list that I work from day to day. It's just when I'm thinking, I don't want to now switch to, okay, I didn't used to have to want to <laughs> yeah. switch to ClickUp, which is my other tool that I use. But now um, I posted on Twitter yesterday that I found out that I can embed Roam inside of ClickUp. Genius. So now I don't really need, <laughs> I don't really need tasks in Roam anymore because it's embedded inside of ClickUp and on bottom right, I've got a little add task button. And whenever I feel like, oh, I need to actually turn this into a task, I just click add task done and it's in ClickUp. That is, that is really great. <laughs> so mind blown when you showed me that. ClickUp with embedded Roam, I think is for now as close as I have ever come to the perfect project management system or whatever you want to call it. It's just, ah. I can do my thinking right there. Whenever I feel like this is something that I need to actually do, I create the task for it without having to break my flow, switching to another app or anything. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Um, I just, I've never, hierarchical systems and tagging has never worked for me in the past just because that's not how my brain works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I never know when I find a piece of information where this needs to go. You end up with it loads of just random scratch disks. Like every single tool I use, the first page I make is a scratch disk page and that's just the right things here. Yeah. And there's always a process of moving it from that to something else. And then you go, is this big enough for its own thing? Should it live as a subsection? It's always a pain. It is always, always a pain. But on, on that... Um, I actually came across something and I, I was briefly mentioned in that, that video that I mentioned, um, the one where Tiago and uh, Connor has a the little discussion about, about Rome and ways of working. Um, he, I think it was Connor that briefly mentions um, the fox versus hedgehog concept, which I've never heard before. Yeah, same. It was published in 1953. Very relevant. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an essay that was published by the philosopher, I guess it's Isaiah Berlin. Yeah, looks like that. Basically what it boils down to is, um, okay, and nothing is ever this black and white. There's always gray areas. Okay, cool. That That's a good, yeah. His idea was that if you uh, adopt a fox-like thinking, like if you're a fox, then you rely on various pieces of information to form your own view. Um, and you you look at it from from different angles and stuff. Um, most of the time, foxes don't mind admitting when they're uncertain about something. Okay, yeah. Because everything that they find and see, it's always in progress. Yeah, yeah. New piece of information. Yeah. Little piece of information that makes part of the whole. Okay, yeah. Where 
he defines hedgehogs as um, they've got, they develop all of their worldviews and predictions with a central overarching principle in mind. And then they're a lot more confident about um, their views and how they see things because they've got a coherent ideal narrative system in mind or narrative um, that they work, that they're working towards. Um, And they tend to see a piece of information and know exactly where it needs to go and where to file it. And hierarchical systems just work for them and tagging systems just work for them because things just always make sense in their ideal. Ah, I see. Okay. And I'm not like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely fox-like thinking in this situation definitely a fox <laughs> i was the first one to admit i don't know anything and that's that's the beauty of it yeah i don't think i don't know see i, I haven't done enough research about this to to be to talk about this in uh in a confident way i'm still I'm, I'm i'm gonna fox it on this one. Oh no i'm, I'm still very uncertain about a lot of these things because i i just i literally just scratched the surface of this fox versus age yeah. thing I, it's the first time that i came across it um i don't think that being or having a hedgehog mindset means that you you don't admit that you're wrong it's just that you I, I don't know how to explain it it's like i think it's easier i, I can't I, th- I think i can't explain it because i'm not a hit <laughs> <laughs> I, I can try. I think it's easier for things to seem more certain to you if you know how they fit in really well to your, your big theme. And if you don't have that big theme and you'd like to think of everything as little pieces, then it's easier to see that a piece might not fit entirely. So you can go, there's some wiggle room there. And if you're that kind of person like I am, if there's wiggle room, that's already like, questionable to you. You you. You sort of mm. keep an eye on it because you go, I don't even know how I really feel about this thing. Yeah, this this thing might need 500 tags to define Yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> like, where's this? Oh, scratch disk. There you go. <laughs> okay, but no, it's it's a cool idea. Yeah, I found that interesting. Um, so I, I put it in notes. It's it's in my it's in my room now. Somewhere I'm going to come across more on it, and then I'll uh, I'll add to it. And um, it's it's for the first time I feel like I'm. When I'm working with Rome, that I'm I'm surfacing my notes naturally as I'm working through stuff, which I've never had before. Yeah, that's a really powerful thing. My notes are always just filed away in some system that, unless you go and look for it intentionally, um, and if you knew yourself and thought ahead of what you're going to search when you're looking for it, because most of the time, like for instance, when we're looking for the biases now, that's... That's something that we've come across multiple times. I'm sure it's somewhere in your notes. It's definitely somewhere in my notes. It, it used to be in my OneNote one, but in the process of moving stuff, I never copied it to anything else. And then I just deleted it. So now my go-to is Google list of cognitive <laughs> biases for that Wikipedia article. And that's where I went yeah. just now to find it. It's not good. It's not good. That's not structured <laughs> thought. No. But I mean, I can see a lot of value in having your notes networked like this. Oh, yeah. Dude. There's just so much possibilities. I haven't even used it that much because I'm really scared of going down the rabbit hole and falling in love with it, and especially because it's pointless to use it on a mobile and 
they basically said they're not going to care about a mobile version for a long time. And I don't agree with that because I like to have the information always with me. Mm-hmm. I use it for about, I think I took a good three, three to four hours and I looked at my Coda and I looked at my OneNote, which is my legacy <laughs> documents at this point. And I took all of the, so I went in with the idea of, I want to approach the things I work on this year because I thought, wow, it's a new tool. I might as well try it. So I, I put in all of my main areas of focus mm-hmm. and then that led me to the projects thing, which is like, ah, I don't have a good overview of all of the things I'm maintaining. So let me start listing the servers that I need to make sure are working and then what's running on each server. And then it went, oh no. And then I sent you that graph. It's like, oh, (laughs) and that, that it might get into one of our other points of conversation. If not, it's fine. Um, I basically realized there's, there's way too many things I'm maintaining, way too many services. Like over the years I've built up technical debt of cool stuff I'm working on. And then I've sort of just left them at a place where I'm happy with them. So I don't want them to go away, but I also don't want to work on them anymore. And it sort of makes me a little bit angsty because there's so many of them. And seeing that graph of just stuff, I'm like, I need I need to work on this. <laughs> I need to find a new idea. And it, it that kind of thing isn't obvious in any kind of way until you see it visually. I, that was the first time it ever clicked for me. Yeah, I mean, it's still early days. Um, I did spend some time to create like an entire dark mode theme for Rome. Oh, right. I saw that. Yeah, that's really cool. Because it was hurting my eyes. I've got a second version that's by the time the podcast goes up, it should have a, a link to the new one. That's uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, way better. I basically took ClickUp's uh, color scheme, dark color scheme, and applied it to Rome so that it seamlessly fits into ClickUp. So it looks like it just fits into ClickUp. And the nice thing is on its own, outside of ClickUp, it actually looks good as well. Ah, cool. Do you want to give us feedback on the bot revolution? <laughs> um, I didn't make enough time to work on on the bot that we spoke about last time. It has got a name now. It does. It does. It is now called uh, Vander. Because <laughs> of your surname. Yes, because of the surname. <laughs> It's going to do some cool stuff. The first thing it's going to do is receipt tracking um, and some basic finance tracking for the house. But for now, it's living in two places right (laughs) now because I started out writing it as Azure functions. And then I was like, hmm, I need data storage. I need like a database. And I was like, I know Firebase. Let's use Firebase. But it feels wrong to use Azure with Firebase. So let's also just (laughs) check out this Firebase functions and it I figured out that Firebase Functions works just as oh. well and it's completely free. Oh, cool. The other thing about Firebase Functions was that I could get it to debug better in Visual Studio Code. Oh, okay. So I can actually, I wrote a little thing about how it's in my room. I should actually publish it at some point, but a whole guide on how to, I'm actually writing more now that I'm using Roam. Oh, wow. Because I'm... I'm writing as I'm thinking and then I'm writing the stuff in my own words. When I, I never used to do that. I used to just make it all note somewhere and then never, next time I hit the problem, I'll just go to Google again, where now I'm actually going to check my room, mm. which is, it's weird how that just naturally started happening. Anyway. That's cool. I wrote a little guide on how to, um, how to get the debugging set up with Firebase. So you can actually have, I can have the bots running on on the, the function locally yeah, and then hit a public URL through, um, what's it, 
NG Rock or NG Rock. I don't know. I never know how. I think it's NG Rock. Okay. Through that, hit a public URL, go tunnel through to my local, and then actually hit debug points in my code ah. when I send a message on Telegram. So that's very useful. So you can actually see what's coming in. It makes diving with bots just like so much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. That's, I think I'm going to go with Firebase functions and not Azure, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I mean, tool that does the job. So right now I don't have much of an update other than the name and that the first thing it's going to do is help with finances. Um, I, I got really into it and then work got a bit hectic and then I got sidetracked with uh, the dark theme for Rome and then I just got, oh yeah, yeah. first I got sidetracked just with Rome and then I got sidetracked with <laughs> the dark theme for Rome because it was hurting my eyes and um, now I'm at a point where if I'm following the rabbit holes all the time, then I don't get any work done. So I need to find a balance between um, getting lost in Rome and <laughs> getting lost on the road of, to Rome. I don't know. That's fair. That's, I can see that. Okay. But the rabbit holes have hit, it's like hit a critical mass to the point where I've got a, I've got a custom emoji pair like the little hole emoji and the rabbit emoji. Oh yeah, I've been seeing you use them, yeah. <laughs> I actually have a page in Rome that is those <laughs> two emojis because I tag that whenever I start going down rabbit hole. It's like, oh crap. That's amazing. I need to bail. <laughs> and I, I add my little, my little uh, rabbit hole emoji pair yeah and then i steer away or that's it that. i'll schedule some time to go down it a bit later then but i need to stop myself because i like that that's really cool emoji work all over the place in rome by the way cool yeah i mean fine i very rarely use emoji in my, my own docs but yeah I, I mostly use a finger to point at stuff that you can interact with I click this this is a button that does things hmm. the only things that i give besides the the rabbit hole emoji pair. Um, all of my projects have an emoji in the front. Ah, cool. Because the search in Rome is fuzzy. Oh, I see. So it's basically a tag. It, yeah. So if I see the emoji, I know it's the project um, that I'm referring to. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I still think it's a good use of the emoji. Yeah, it's, I don't have it all over the place. I, I use it st strategically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we learned that in code. I was like, oh, you can have emoji anywhere. Yeah, but you shouldn't. You, shouldn't, you, can, <laughs> it looks really bad. you can have emoji everywhere. You shouldn't have it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Sparingly is much better than all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, so basically that's got me. I, I have to intentionally think about making structured time for going down rabbit holes because... Otherwise, I'm just going down rabbit holes all of the time. I guess it's like a, yep. it's just a fox thing. <laughs> uh, I I had the same rabbit hole situation a couple of weeks ago with the now page that we were talking about. Right. Um, that sort of feeds into my lack of Jarvis updates. If I were to do a now page, it would Jarvis would be the entry point for all of that information. Right. Because it'd be really easy to set up like a recurring. Say I want to post about the music I'm listening to mm -hmm. like every once a week or whatever. You can ask me what you're listening to and I can give it a link. And then that would update whatever data store I use and whatever API I connected to for the blog. Okay. So that would all feed into that. So I thought, oh, that's a really cool, nice technical solution. But I rabbit hole. So I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a now page in the near future. Maybe. I don't know. I've, uh, as part of the thing I, I mentioned earlier, I've, I've basically got a code freeze on my projects at the minute. It's like, just don't, just don't, just leave it. There's too many. I need to get rid of some of them or consolidate somehow. 
Um, I was thinking earlier today, as I was making the notes in preparation for the show, so I, the, the easiest thing I can take away is that bot that does the Earth GIFs, because it's also .NET Core, I believe, and it only does one thing. So it would be really easy to put all of that in Jarvis. And that means I can actually surface the GIFs really easily. So it can send it to me on Telegram, because right. it does three different services, mm -hmm. and then it automatically does a GIF for each of them. So it can send me all three on a Saturday, and then I pick the one which is the coolest for the week, instead of just having it post a random one. Right, and then you actually get to see it. <laughs> yeah, so I can prove what they look like before it just goes up. Yep. And also I can use the function, because it's all in a function anyway, so I can just say uh, to Jarvis, give me a GIF of the last three days if there's like a big storm or something like we had a couple of weeks ago in the UK. And then it can make a really short GIF of just those three days. Mm. And that's a nice way to interact with the data instead of all of it just being there on a server and I need to manually log in and then run commands and stuff. It's like, I'm oh, never going to do that, which is why I never do anyway. So I thought that's probably the easiest thing to work on. And there's clear benefit. So should the code freeze go away, that'll probably be the first thing I work on. It's interesting that I think we're thinking in similar veins lately. I actually made a note further down in the in the outline about that I I actually believe that it's a lot of the time it's not actually necessary to write a bunch of custom software these days anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. You can like piece together an almost perfect system with existing platforms, like a function as a service like you're using with Azure Functions um, or Zapier or Integromat or any of those services. Like yeah. there's very little need for writing an entire app anymore these days. Or yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like we're getting to a point where the, the key players, the best apps in not all of the, the areas of interest, but um, in a bunch of them, they have been established and they're really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And they have APIs. So <laughs> it's all open and they all have good documentation and everything's standardized. So it is really easy to glue them together with the functions. Yeah. Um, uh, and also I've got this tag lately that I'm tagging stuff with uh, strong opinions weekly held. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I make these statements, I um, so in my Rome as well, I've got that as a, as a page. Yeah. So that's kind of my... Um, uh, water cooler talk topic. So I'll bring I'll bring those up with people to see what their thoughts are because I I want to be challenged on them. Uh, yeah. Um. That that's the that's the weekly health part because yeah, yeah yeah. If someone gives me a convince convincing enough argument, then I will adopt that into my understanding. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I th I think for most things that is definitely true because all of the the standard stuff is really good. It, I've always just been the person that I want to build my own one. Doesn't matter if it's worse, doesn't matter right. if it has less features. I just want to build it for the challenge and then I can customize it however the hell I want. Um, so I like that part of it. But yeah, a lot of the things I, I had going or had running, it's just, I just take them away because there's no point anymore, really. Mm. And of course, every stupid thing I built is a learning experience to learn something new. That's the whole part of why I started it. So that the value will always carry through, um, even if I know there's no point in building it. Yeah, no, no, no I, I totally agree. Do you want to wrap up with Observation Club? Uh, well, as per the norm, I have nothing for Observation Club. So uh, 
going. I'll, uh, I'll, well, to be honest, I've been observing a lot uh, just as part of year of disposition. Yeah, I was just about to say, isn't that part of your, it is, your it yearly is. theme now? Uh, how's it work? No, it's fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I I my observation is yes. What's yours? Maybe I'll 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 figure something out. Mine is sort of a little bit it. Mine is a little bit cheating, but yeah, it's based on your. Uh, it's sort of ba- loosely based on your thing about the spaces you work in. I didn't come to that realization or observation based on your thing, but a couple of weeks ago, I was doing the. Uh, I'm still doing the gratitude journal. So I was doing that and I realized I've continuously been writing in there. I'm really happy with the spaces I work in at the minute, like my, my room and my mm-hmm. office desk setup. And I realized that the thing that was bothering me was bothering me for so long. And I finally decided to change it. And it literally took 10 minutes to change it. And now there's nothing bothering me at all. So it's that complete mental friction is gone just for moving one stupid thing in my room that I should have done ages ago. Um, so my observation is if there's anything that bothers you in the slightest, just change it. Just, just do it. Just do it. This is do it. Do so it. weird because I did the exact same thing this week. Ah, good. I So you've seen what my desk setup looks like with yeah. the, my laptop and I use my laptop keyboard and then the, yeah. the horizontal screen above my laptop and then a portrait screen on, on the left. Yes. So something that's been bugging me for so long is, so when I open my laptop, I, I put the, the screen back so that it lines up with the bottom line of oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, the, the vertical. One above it, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the uh, sorry, the horizontal screen. Um, so that it's flush at the top. Needs to be flush, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And I can still see the icons in my tray. So I had this problem where if I'm sitting in a comfortable position by my laptop typing, um, my bottom screen is at an angle where it, uh, it goes dark, you know, because... Oh, from the viewing angle, yeah. The older screens from the viewing angle where you look at, it goes darker or... So it was dark and was really hard to use my bottom screen. So I... Okay, it took a bit longer than 10 minutes, took about an hour, but I basically scavenged through the house for a piece of wood <laughs> that I could put at the back of my um, my laptop. I've got one of those uh, stands that you screw to the table that's got an oh, arm yeah. that the screen is on, one of those uh, extending arms. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't go high enough to the height that I need it for my screen to be at a good viewing angle. And I worked out that I needed exactly three centimeters lift. (laughs) Yeah. So I got a piece of wood that was exactly three centimeters high, like in the house. Yeah. Put it underneath my stand. I raised the stand. I screwed it up and I moved everything just slightly to the left. So my my chair also fits in a bit better. Uh And now it's just like, it makes such a big difference right. I it's wish, just nice yeah i wish i did it sooner exactly but i've been it's been months now and i haven't changed it yep i'm so glad i did mm-hmm. i had the same well i didn't need to go find wood but yeah it's, it's <laughs> just do it, just do it it's just gonna make your life so much easier and you're never gonna have to worry about it again yeah the next thing i need to do is i want to get this um because i live in south africa i've got a, a deep cycle battery and an inverter sitting on my desk well the deep cycle battery is below my desk but the inverter is on top of my desk but it's an eyesore i really don't like mm. looking at this freaking thing yeah just no and the summer was so hot i didn't want to put it underneath the table on the carpet so but now we're going into winter so i want to move it somewhere else where it's not like in my face 
because I already did like a whole thing where I screwed adapters to my table in strategic places. So I always have a adapter just on the side of my table. Um, you get those adapters with the screw with the screw holes in. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can... I call it adapter now, but I mean, I mean, multi plug. Sorry, multi plug yeah, is the right word. Plug so is what we call plug. it in the UK. I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, strip plug. Uh, yeah, I live by the firm rule. Everything needs to be plugged in forever. So mm. I've got so many strip plugs, but everything is plugged in. There's no ever bending down to plug something into a socket. It's already there. It's already there. Nice. You can just reach for the wire, plug it in. Done. Yes. That's nice. Pretty good. I, yeah. I got that from Casey Neistat, I think. He did one tour of his studio thing mm -hmm. and he shows the charging area and there's just a million plugs on the wall for every camera <laughs> and hard drive and thing you could imagine needs power oh, wow. and he explained he doesn't like like why would you want to struggle with a plug i mean it's only a second but it's still it's still a bit of effort and i went ah that's an interesting idea so i tried it at my previous place where i lived really liked it and since then i just buy multi-plugs or strip plugs or i buy like 10 of them when i move in and go okay where, where do i need <laughs> stuff me and Gareth are in the process of now setting up a office as well. So an actual office. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk about that next time because right now okay. we, we've got the tiles. Uh, we've got like a aluminium, one of the stack doors that needs to be put in now. And it's like a whole renovation ah. project. We got whiteboard paint. The whole the whole one, one wall, we're going to get prepped now with Greenstone and paint. And then we're going to make the entire wall a whiteboard. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. But as part of that now, I'm going to be traveling between offices. Oh, yeah. Now I need to think about, okay, I need another screen there. Um, I, yeah. I was looking at docking stations, but your docking stations are so expensive. They're really expensive. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what the actual, but it's all part of looking at my spaces and how they work for me um yeah, yeah it's gonna be nice to actually have an office outside the house again uh, it's been a while right it's been like what more than six months i think yeah I, I gave up my office in june 2019 i think it was oh yeah we might need to do feedback on that next time actually i thought there was going to be a lot more uh, hair pulling out of the situation but it sounds like you you managed to do it okay yeah june june august um i think i moved out and then back into home office definitely keeping my home office for now oh, cool. it's just okay. nice just nice to have a space at home because i never before we built on at the house i didn't have a door that i could close and then work in oh i see yeah yeah um because my office was in the garage um which was also the bride room so it was like yeah not not cool um but now i have a door that i can lock and you know work's done you know um I'm just going to set up the office in a way where it's, well, the way it's set up now, it's just, I just put on my laptop and plug it into the two screens and go. Yeah. The screens that I got are those Dell IPS screens. Oh, nice. The really cool thing about them are, it's only the 24 inch one, but the really nice thing about them is, well, there's two nice things about <laughs> them. They come with Visa mounts. Nice. So yeah. you can, all of those extending arm stuff cool things they fit on these screens um and the other thing is uh four ports well they've got four usb ports oh, wow. two at the back and then one uh, sorry two at the back and two on the side um and the they've got a the, the screen comes with a usb power thing uh. where you send usb power from not just power but 
USB connection from your laptop to the screen. Mm. And at the moment, I've actually got it chained to both screens. <laughs> so it goes from my laptop to the screen and is chained to the other screen as well. Yeah. And I'm using one of those uh, USB to HDMI converters. Oh, yeah. Because my laptop only has uh, one HDMI port. It doesn't have um, a VGA port or any other port. So have one HDMI port. So my HDMI port goes to my screen and that screen has a USB <laughs> to HDMI to the other screen. Oh, no. And it works. <laughs> That's cool. And it works. Zero lag. Yeah. Everything just works across all of the screens. That's amazing. Um, it's no detection problems. The little device, I think, cost like 800 rand. Um, which is not that bad yeah. considering I don't have to buy another laptop with two HDMI exactly, ports yeah, yeah. Um, or a dock oh, that yeah. gives you another HDMI port, which is just crazy expensive. Um, no, it's amazing. It's actually, I'm glad I found that little thing. I can, if I can find a link to it, I'll, I'll give a link to it. It's a nifty little, little dongle. 